podcast. Um, so before we start, there was uh, some feedback I got on the one about evangelicals and the history of abortion. Some people have argued that the author that I relied on for much of the discussion cannot be trusted, that if there's a little bit of a slant to, a slant to what he's arguing. And some of those biases I talked about previously. So I discussed how I really didn't trust him on civil rights law that basically leftists always exaggerate the degree to which they're fighting actual racism, actual discrimination compared to simply going after institutions for not being diverse enough or uh, having some standard that has a disparate impact. I've mentioned that, but people really wanted to stress that to me. And I think that's completely right. I think a lot of the evangelical schools just happen to be whiter than the general population or the population of the area. And therefore, this was a problem under civil rights law. And so, yeah, that's true. And the other thing that people noted, though, that's more substantial is that the it wasn't an accident that evangel that evangelicals became pro-life in a very strong way, that this wasn't sort of – it couldn't have gone the other direction. And this is something I, I think I'll read more about and I, I need to think more about. Um, I think that's right generally. The extent to which it was predetermined that this would become a major issue for Christian conservatives. I'm, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming more to that position. I think that's probably right. Whether it would have had as much certitude and as much sort of prioritization as we've gotten. I don't know if that, I don't know if that was necessarily required, but it is fair enough to say that it was probably less of a historical accident than Bomber, the author, or I implied last time. I think that's I think that's correct. I'll probably do another podcast, or I'll probably write something about this uh, before long. Other thing is that the debate with Curtis Yarvin is still happening Friday. It's going to be in Glendale, right outside Los Angeles. Um, this is going to be very. This is going to be a very interesting event. We were sold out. We had a venue in East Los Angeles that actually sold out. And so we moved it to a larger place and more tickets became available. And so there are the $100 tickets for the, those are the same level of seating that you had in the original arena when you bought the original tickets. But now there's the, there's also the dinner tickets. So there's going to be a dinner beforehand. Those are sold out. I think one or two people might have canceled. I don't know if you can go to the, you can go to the website and see if it's available. Those were 450. So those are either sold out or there's one or two available. And then there's now there are also $55 tickets which you can get. And there the seating is not the seating is not as good, but at least you could be there and you can mingle with us. You can be part of the festivities and, and, and have fun and probably get to shake our hand and get a book signed or, or whatever you want to do. And I should, I should mention, of course, Anna Hashiyan, I think is how you say her name from Red Square. She's the, she's going to be the moderator. So this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be really funny and I think we're going to have good questions. And there was a, I did an event in LA a couple months ago with Filthy Armenian. I recorded a podcast with him, and it's sort of fun to see 
the real world sort of manifestation of this little community I built on Substack and on Twitter. And to see there's people out there who actually read and follow and listen, it, it's, it's good. It's good to be connected with flesh and blood human beings instead of me just talking to you. Of course, we interact in the Substack comments and on Twitter and so forth. But doing it in real life, I think that too much, too much sort of a digitalization of life is probably not a good thing. It's probably not a good thing for individuals, not a good thing for society. It's particularly in a case like mine when you're a writer and when, when your life is the default of your work is basically being online. It's great. It's, it's, it's great because it gives you flexibility. It's good for family life and so forth. But you want, you want, you need people just sort of need that human connection just to know that things are landing with people, that people are interested in, in you and your ideas. And so I'll enjoy it. It'll be fun to see Curtis again. It'll be fun to see every, everyone there. So there's, there's still a chance. There's still a few, you can still buy tickets. It's not today, Tuesday, so yeah, Friday. I guess if you're out of town, it's going to be short notice to book a flight and come out to LA. But those of you who are in the area or those of you that do want to do want to take make the trip, it's, it's it, it could I think it could be worth your while. Okay, I'll include a link to the in the show notes to the uh, website where you can buy tickets. So what I wanted to talk about this week was I saw this story of DeSantis uh, banning, wanting to ban lab-grown meat in Florida. And I think this is a good story to talk about because it gets at a few of my interests and just things I've been thinking about anyway and things that I wanted to talk about. I mean, first of all, I think animal rights is an important issue. I think factory farming are... Factory farming is a kind of horror and will probably be seen as the moral stain of our time. And there's no kind of, you know, it's, it's always interesting when someone like read a book on animal rights and then they became, they came to this position. It's not very, I don't think it requires much in the way of philosophical persuasion to see that how we treat animals is, is wrong I think everyone would agree that if someone tortures an animal for fu- for fun, they should be punished and they should be judged morally harshly. And even if there's a profit or some kind of benefit they get to it, that's we generally see that as wrong. We don't justify it and say, hey, it's just nature. We are better than animals and so forth. That's considered that's considered a, a kind of sociopathy. And so the factory for the factory farm is no different from any other kind of torture of animals. Now you might say we're going to eat the animals, and okay, that's 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 a potential use and a potential benefit, obviously. But if you can't, if I think most people would be willing to spend the money on preventing animal cruelty, we use police resources to go after people who do bad things to animals. I don't think anyone wants to stop doing that and say, well, it's not worth it. The cost is too high for society. And so the idea that we should incur some kind of financial or economic cost to make, to do more harm, do less harm to animals 
is, I think, an indisputable kind of point. Now, how much we're willing to pay, what the costs actually are, we, we could talk about that. But I think unquestionably, if you're thinking of directionally where to be on this issue, we should be we should be doing more. We haven't, we're not even, it's like every kind of discrimination, every policy area, there is sort of a, a kind of curve where there are, there's a, there's a, a point of diminishing returns where, okay. In 1850, for, for example, like racism against black people was a big problem. Obviously we had slavery. So for a long time in this country, Fighting racism might have been might have been a justified thing. Same thing with women's rights or or many other things. At some point, you get to point of diminishing returns, which which is something along the lines of you've done as much as can be done, or as much as necessary, or as much as government has a right to do, and anything else is you're taking it too far. And we're not even anywhere close to that point on the question of treatment of animals. So it's actually worth it. I know many of you are effective altruists and some of you agree with me on this. It's actually worth it to know that there's a party difference here. I'm going to talk about differences between Democrats and Republicans on animal rights. And so that's, that's one thing. It's just, this is a kind of explainer that there are party differences and people know about party differences on things like abortion or affirmative action. Usually animal rights is not, thought of in that way. I'm not sure if you polled people. You know, this is this is my podcast. I can Google it and see what I find. Poll animal rights by party. Okay, so here. Data for progress shows that most voters are concerned about animal welfare with 80% of likely voters stating prevention of animal cruelty is a matter of more moral concern. That includes 83% of Democrats, 70% of independents, I'm sorry, 83% of Democrats, 80% of independents, and 77% of Republicans. So 83% of Democrats, 77% of Republicans, not really a, um, not really much of a partisan issue. Democrats are a little bit more in favor of animal rights. There's a Gallup poll, percentage of animals saying animals deserve same rights as people. I mean, I think that's, (laughs) I think that's taken even a little too far for me, but it, so this one, there's a little bit more of a difference in 2015. 39% of Democrats said yes, compared to 23% of Republicans That is, and Republican-leaning independents and the others. So much, a much bigger gap there. So it depends on uh, how you how you ask the question. Uh, here's one where they ask, do you, want, do you support uh, strengthening laws around animal cruelty? And no, no polling breakdown here. Uh, but it's actual animal rights as are as, are fine as is is thirty six percent. Our animals don't have enough legal rights is thirty four percent. This is all voters, and so yeah, it, like everything, it depends on how you it depends on how you ask the question and what, whether there's a part. Either there's not much of a party difference, or Democrats are the party that is more concerned with animal rights. And Democrats are. You have reached the, the end of the free recording for this episode. A of slight difference. It's not to listen to the rest of the episode. Please level. consider becoming a paid subscriber.